Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Blazers fans. Welcome to the Blazer Focus Podcast. I'm Aaron Fentress, Blazers writer for the Oregonian and Oregon Live. I'm coming to you after the Blazers lost to the OKC Thunder. I mean, yes, the Blazers were down like half the roster, but still it was a Thunder and they were down a couple guys too. Lillard's out there, had a bad game. They still should win that game heading into this road trip, but such is life in the NBA. On this episode, I'm going to discuss the defensive inconsistencies of this team and how maddening they must be. What is going on? Are they ever going to become good at defense? I don't even know at this point. I mean, I guess it could happen, but every time they tease a little bit, they pull right back and go out there and just give up shot after shot, wide open all over the place. Who's got that guy? I don't know. Swish. Man, has to be frustrating. I'm also going to talk about the play of Anthony Simons. Now, that's not frustrating because that guy is going bonkers right now. And if he continues the way he is playing, they're going to have a good chance of surviving these games without McCollum because you're going to get the offense from Trent and then you're getting the offense from Simons and you could be all right. Nurkic, that's another story, but you could be all right if Simons plays like he did the past two games. Also, I'm going to look ahead at the six-game road trip coming up. Starts Thursday in Houston, continues on in Chicago, Philly, Milwaukee, Charlotte, and I can't even remember that team right now. Oh, the Knicks. That's right. They're going to play the Knicks again. Interesting road trip. Some mediocre teams on that trip, but the Blazers are a mediocre team, so they can lose every one of those games. And, of course, Philly and Milwaukee would be a very tough road games to win. So those are my three topics today. Let's get started first with this defense. Man, oh, man. It was primarily they moved the ball really well. Uh, we didn't contain their penetration. Uh, our attention to detail was very poor. Our first half defense was pathetic, and there was no excuse for it. That, ladies and gentlemen, was a very disappointed Terry Stotts following the team's 125-122 to loss at home to Oklahoma City. Now, Stotts is never very pleased following a loss. But there's been a few occasions this season when you can tell he was not happy at all. Like he was irritated, wanted to get the interviews done quickly so he can go back and yell at the team. Maybe I'm just joking. Of course, I don't think that's true, but he was definitely not happy. And this is one of those cases. Uh, you know, I don't blame him. I mean, they, they played a mediocre Thunder team that was without George Hill and Al Horford, two of its best players. It's a young rebuilding team other than those two guys who won't be around long. Uh, and this is a team that Portland, even without CJ McCollum, even without Yusuf Nurkic, even without 
uh, Covington, who missed the game with a concussion. Even without Rodney Hood, Portland should beat that team. Now, it's dicey without those all those guys. I give you that. But Simons played well. Trent played pretty well. You know, Carmelo and Dane were had off nights, but they weren't that bad. The bottom line is, once again, the defense bit this team in the backside. And it's mind-boggling to see it happen against mediocre teams. I'll be honest with you. Oklahoma City has a guy on their team named Mike Muscala. I'm not even going to pretend I've ever seen him play before. I only know who he is really because I've seen his name pop up in trade offers on NBA 2K, to be honest with you. (laughs) So I know a little bit about him in that regard. But he just lit up the Blazers. 8 for 12 for 23 points off the bench. 6 for 10 on threes. And most of them were wide open looks. That is unacceptable. The Thunder entered the game with the worst three-point shooting percentage in the league at 32.3 and shot 45%. And, you know, in the NBA, teams get hot, teams get cold. It's just, it's it's why we see all these blowouts, right? Everyone's shooting a ton of threes. One team's on fire one day, the other team's not. You get a blowout. So these things happen. You know, that that's true. There's no doubt about that. But there's a difference between a team getting hot and, and you allowing the team to get a bunch of open looks. And so you create a situation where, okay, now you're in a game against a team that you should beat. It's your last game of a, a long homestand that was cut short a little bit because you lost two games because Memphis couldn't play because of COVID protocols. Uh, but you have a chance to go 10-6 and six and then go on the road for six road games without Nurkic and McCollum. Instead, you lose to an inferior team. Even without those guys, they were a five-point underdog for a reason. And you let them beat you in the one area where they're the weakest, and that's three-point shooting. And what has been one of the biggest bugaboos with this team the last couple seasons? They give up wide-open looks to shooters. They don't close out well. They don't help well. They don't rotate well. They don't communicate well. And all these things popped up again in this game. And what has to be super frustrating is that when they beat the Knicks, there were some signs in that game that maybe they turned the corner on defense a little bit. But even then, not Seriously, the first half, they dominated 70 to 50, but in the second half, they gave up 63 points to a Knicks team that ranks like 27th in offensive rating. Let me look this up. Sorry. I said they, they ranked 25th. Sorry. 106.7. So this is one of the worst offensive teams in the league. They looked like a bad offensive team and they got you for, for a pretty, a pretty nice chunk of change in the second half to make a blowout, a close game. And oh, by the way, the Knicks, who don't shoot very well from three-point range, they got you as well for 41.4%, 12 of 29. See, they didn't take very many 29, thank goodness, or they might have won this game if they took more. Blazers took 46. So you come out of that game thinking, okay, well, maybe all those days off because Memphis had to cancel and all that practice time they had to work on all these different things, and they put in a 2-3 zone and a 3-2 zone and all these different you know looks. They got extra uh, practice time for Harry Giles and for Simons and some of the younger guys who who didn't get a lot of practice time because training camp was cut short and they've been playing every other day. So maybe they turned a little bit of a corner. Maybe this was a great sign. And then you come out and boom, man, uh, the game happens against the Thunder. And, you know, Sutt said it here at the beginning of the segment. What do you say? We were pathetic. And, and he's right. And he was hot because at this point, it's like, okay, where's the effort? And even Lillard said after the game, he said, you know, we may, were making mistakes that we didn't even make in the games where we 
where we were playing poorly, like some of the worst defensive performances of the season. Lillard was saying that against the Thunder, they were making mistakes that in those other games they weren't even making. Let's listen to Lillard talk about just that. Um, you know, I thought we came out a little bit loose. You know, our communication wasn't really sharp. And, you know, we had we made a lot of mistakes that we haven't made in a while. You know, even in games that we didn't play well prior to this one, we, we didn't make the kind of mistakes that we made tonight. Communication, knowing personnel, uh, playing the scouting report, uh, you know, all of those things. And then uh, just doing the work, you know, we were letting guys penetrate with, with little to no resistance. Uh, you know, we weren't helping each other as much. And, you know, that was uh, pretty much mostly the first half. That's just kind of alarming. No other way to put it. And so one of, one of the other points he made was that, you know, we're not good enough, especially without Nurkic and McCollum, to have these lapses and, and then to just try and turn it on and come back. You know, I mean, they, they fell behind by a lot at, at one point. I think they were down 17 early. They did come back. They had a chance to win it. But again, you're in a situation where you have to make some shots down the stretch against a mediocre team and damn had an off night. And all of a sudden you lose because you were messing around on defense. So this is a bad sign. I mean, this, you know, at this point, you know, the excuses start to run out. Now, again, I mean, you know, we have to be fair, right? Uh, Covington got hurt against the Knicks. He's one of your better defenders. He wasn't there. Derrick Jones Jr. Uh, got injured uh, as well, injured his quad. You didn't have Hood. So you were missing more pieces. I mean, Jones played, but he, he ended up leaving the game for good late. Uh, so, you know, they're, and Nurkic is a rim protector, and Cantor isn't a great defender, and Carmelo started. He's not a great defender. I, I get all that stuff, okay? But again, it's it's making mistakes. It's, it's one thing to not be great at what you're doing in terms of the uh, talent and ability on the court. It's another thing to just forget your assignment or mess up your assignment and leave dudes wide open, and they can't do that. And so right now they are 29th in the NBA in defensive rating. They are ahead of Sacramento and right behind the struggling Wizards and Timberwolves. And of course, the Chicago Bulls haven't played defense in several years. So it's not, it's not a good look right now, especially hitting on this six game road trip. Um, I, I think the defense is going to cost them big time on this road trip. I don't think they're going to fix it magically. They, they were able to have an extra day off between the Thunder and the Houston game on Thursday. So I, I, I imagine they had a pretty spirited practice at some point on Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll find out. Um, coming up here shortly, but they need to fix the inconsistencies or they're just going to rack up losses uh, pretty rapidly here coming up, especially on this road trip. You are listening to the Blazer Focus podcast. We'll be right back after a short break. What has gotten into Anthony Simons? For me, this situation is simple with how he's playing right now. A, he's getting an opportunity, and B, he's gaining confidence through those opportunities. He's not going out there for four or five minutes and then getting yanked right away, either because he plays poorly or because someone else has to go back in the game. He's getting a lot of minutes right now because C.J. McCollum is out, and of course, Rodney Hood missed the Thunder game as well. So now Simons is being relied upon. He knows he's got to play because someone has to play those minutes, and he's out there playing with confidence 
and demonstrating exactly what we had been told existed in him by his teammates. They've raved about him for years, saying he has this ability, he has this explosiveness, he has this scoring ability, he can shoot it. We just hadn't seen it on a consistent level until these past two games. Check out these numbers against the Thunder. Monday night, he had 26 points on 10 of 16 shooting and made 6 of 10 threes. Not only did he shoot threes, he was actually getting to the basket in this game, unlike in the next game where I thought he'd settle for jump shots a little bit too often, but he was making them, so you can't criticize too much. But in this game, he went to the basket, including one time when he was on the baseline, he drove and threw down a thunderous, left-handed, vicious dunk over a defender that truly demonstrated just how explosive this guy can be. Here is what Damian Lillard had to say about Anthony Simons following the game against the Thunder. I mean, it's a reason why we have a lot of faith in, in Ant and why we speak so highly of him. And, you know, as a young guy, he didn't play in college. You know, it's a it's a learning curve. You know, you need to experience. You need to feel good about yourself. And you also got to have that opportunity. Um, and he's I think he's shown signs, you know, all along. You know, sometimes he's he's gotten into the games in the past and had, you know, big games and hit big shots. Um, but I think right now, you know, it being his third year, uh, you know, we down tonight. We was down, you know, I don't know, four or five guys, you know. Uh, so it was a lot of minutes and a lot of opportunity and we needed it from him. And, um, you know, I think he knew that and he had a good night last night. And that came that kind of bled over into tonight as far as his confidence and how aggressive he was. But this is definitely, you know, who we think he can be. You know, he can come in and score the ball. He can get the spots on the floor. He can, you know, make plays and all that. So um, it's it's good to see him, um, you know, put back-to-back games together like that. That's Lillard on Simons. He mentioned the back-to-back games. Let's look at that next game. Simons played 23 minutes, 6 of 9 from the field, 4 of 6 on threes, 16 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds. Did have 2 turnovers. But what's really significant here is not that he had these two big games. He's had big games before. As a matter of fact, we all remember the end of his rookie year when he dropped 37 on the Kings in that amazing performance. That remains his career high. The 26 against OKC is his second highest scoring output. But the game prior to the 37 points, Simon scored zero. He didn't play very much. So here's what's funny. Previous to this week, the most points Simons had ever scored in back-to-back games was 37, when he had 37 against the Kings and zero the game before, and zero the game after. So he'd never put together back-to-back games like this in his career, 26, 16, 42 points. That is a record for him in back-to-back games. All told, in those two games, he played 52 minutes, shot 16 of 26, and 10 of 16 from three-point land for 42 points. So what has to happen now, though, is he needs to continue this moving forward. And that's going to be the trick. Was this just you know, an example of him getting hot, which players can do? I mentioned Muscala the other, you know, in, in the last segment. He got hot against the Blazers. He came in shooting 34% from three, and he lit up the Blazers. So does this performance by Simons mean that he's arrived or that he just had a couple of good nights? I think it's going to be a little bit of both. There's no way he's going to shoot 62% from threes the rest of the way. If you go back to the bubble, uh, you know, Gary Trent got an opportunity at the bubble because Trevor Ariza elected to spend time with his son instead of joining the team at the bubble, and Gary Trent went bonkers. But he also has some bad games mixed in there to sort of bring things back down to earth a little bit. It was funny because Lillard kept saying that eventually he's going to come down to earth, and of course, Trent did. So yeah, Simons is not going to continue playing like that, but if he can do this, you know, 
every couple of games, every three games, he has an outburst, and then the other games are just average to solid and doesn't he doesn't fall off the map, then the Blazers have someone else that they can go to off the bench to provide scoring to help make up for the loss of McCollum. And it also creates a situation where now you can give Lillard a little bit more rest here and there. If Simons is out there playing well, you can give Dame more time to sort of rest. It, it, you know, When he comes out, if the team's falling apart because Simons is out there throwing up bricks and not playing well, well, then Stas is going to be more apt to say, okay, well, I think you better get back in the game, Damian. As opposed to if Simons is, is out there running around with Trent in the backcourt and they're getting it done together, then you could just let Dame relax longer because you're going to need Lillard to really carry you in some games coming up on the six-game road trip that I'm going to address here pretty quickly because it's going to be a rough trip. And if you don't have offensive firepower coming off the bench to help Lillard, you're going to wear him out these next six games, and it's not going to be worth it because you have a long season to go. At this point, you just want to be able to tread water, I believe. There's no way they're going to win a ton of these games coming up without McCollum and Nurkic because, let's face it, if you didn't have those two all season, this is probably a lottery team. It's probably not a playoff team. And before anyone freaks out about this, because I keep see, seeing people on Twitter talking about, we should still be winning because we have this and we have that. Yeah, you should beat bad teams, but against solid teams and good teams, you're not going to have much of a chance. And let's go back to last year when they didn't have Nurkic, but they had CJ and Dame. They were what? They were like seven or eight games under 500 before the season was stopped because of COVID. Then they got Nurkic back in the bubble. And they went seven and one in the play-in game, won the play or six and two, excuse me, won the play-in game against the Grizzlies to get into the playoffs. So now you're taking away Nurkic and McCullum. And so, yeah, you're a sub 500 team without those two, regardless of Covington or Jones. They're nice additions, but they aren't guys who are going to make up for losing in McCullum and Nurkic. Having Simons come off the bench though and play like this gives you a chance to maybe steal an extra game or two on this upcoming road trip. The other thing this does, and this is long term really, is that I still believe that if this team wants to win a championship in the next four years while Lillard is still in his prime, they need another impact star. Like they just do. And Simons, because he's a guard and a small guard at 6'3", and he's not a true point, he's a combo guard at best, he's redundant because you have Lillard, McCollum, and Trent. And if, and I know Neil O'Shea loves Simons and doesn't want to trade him, and I'm not saying necessarily they should go out and trade him, but I'm saying that if he's playing really well and there's some teams out there that covet him as well and they have something else you need, like maybe an impact small forward, that maybe there's a, a trade match there where you can, you know, use Simons and a pick or Simons and someone else to go out and get better at the three position and give yourself another player on this roster that might be as good as McCollum. And now you have a real chance to maybe contend because as they are right now, it's going to be very, very tough to truly win a championship coming out of the West um, with all the, the, the talent loaded teams that are out there that are just bigger and longer. So we'll see how this plays out especially with this road trip coming up. We'll see if Simons has truly arrived or if this was just, you know, a freak occurrence that is going to really mean nothing in a month. Hopefully for Portland's sake, Anthony Simons has finally arrived. It is frustrating. You know, we had an opportunity, uh, you know, to finish this homestand strong and going to the road 10 and six and feeling good about ourselves. And, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't take advantage of that opportunity. That's Lillard again. This time he was lamenting the fact that the Blazers blew an opportunity to move to 10 and 6 by defeating the Thunder before heading out 
on this upcoming six game road trip. At nine and seven, the Blazers only need to go two and four on this road trip to come back home at 500. They would be 11 and 11 should they go two and four on this road trip. I think that's doable. Um, I just don't see them winning more than three. I think three is possible, especially if Covington comes back. I think you have it. And Simons continues to play the way he is. Uh, then I think you have a chance to win three. They're not going to win four. I think right now I have them at two and four on this road trip. I really think it's going to be tough for them the way they've been so inconsistent on uh, defense and not having McCullum and, and Nurkic. It's just going to catch up to you. It just is. And like I said before, this to me is a lottery team without those two players. So they start the trip out at Houston on Thursday. Houston's seven and nine. They've been playing better as of late since they completed the Harden trade. Um, then they play the Bulls, who are seven and ten. The Bulls have lost some close games against some good teams, and the Bulls did win here in Portland earlier this season. Next up, Monday, they play at Milwaukee, which is ten and six, third in the East. Then they have a couple of days between games before they play Philadelphia on Thursday. Philadelphia is number one in the East and twelve and six. Then on Saturday and Sunday, they go back to back at the Knicks, eight and 11, a team that just beat them the other day. And then at the much improved Charlotte Hornets, who will be a tough game, especially without McCollum and Nurkic, and it will be a back to back. So if you look at these games, these six games, I would say Milwaukee and Philadelphia probably guarantee losses. And then I think you can maybe split the other four and you come out of that two and four. That's sort of where I see them finishing right now. So you come back home. 11 and 11, and then you take on Orlando, followed by Philly again, and then Cleveland. So that's sort of the setup right now for the next nine games for the Blazers. If they can come back 500 from this trip, uh, I think they'll be in pretty good shape. They just have to tread water, man. Just stay right around 500 until you get CJ back. Then maybe push yourself back up over a little bit of 500, and then you get Nurkic back a few weeks after that. And Hopefully by that time, you've fixed some things on defense. If that's possible at this point, uh, you get, you're getting more playing time for Trent and Simons. And so it's altogether possible that when McCollum and Nurkic come back, they will be returning to a team that's better than it was when they left because so many other guys got to play. Even Nasir Little is playing minutes. Harry Giles is playing and playing well. Um, he's providing a lot of energy, some really strong rebounds he had against the, the Thunder the other day, and he looked solid against the uh, Knicks as well. So between Giles, Little, Simons, getting way more minutes than they usually get, and then you get Trent getting more exposure out there on the court with Lillard. Uh, he started the other night. I think maybe they should continue starting him, even if Rodney Hood comes off his minutes restriction. Now you get that experience, you get that confidence in those guys, then CJ and Nurt come back and you just have a stronger team. Sometimes that is the benefit of injuries. Yes, sometimes injuries can benefit you in the long run. No one ever wants them, of course, but you can find a silver lining if you look. Anyway, that's it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. Some big games coming up for these Blazers. We have it all covered for you here at The Oregonian and OregonLive.com. And be sure to click that subscribe button so you do not miss an episode of the Blazer Focus podcast. Also, be sure to have your eye out for the Blazer Focused video show that I do with Joe Freeman a couple times a month. It airs on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. We also play back 
those episodes on the Blazer Focus podcast. Again, thanks for listening.